0: Oh, Mr. Men, what you doing?
1: Welcome back everyone to another episode of Talking Smack where we talk superheroes, movies, animation, and comics. I am your host, Josh Scar. And I am joined again this week by Becky. She threatened my life if she could not come back. She had so much fun. Becky, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing fabulous now that I'm back with you for now.
1: (laughs) And I'm happy that my life is no longer in danger for now. (laughs) And joining us also this week is Matt. Matt, welcome back. Yeah,
2: glad to be here. My life was never in danger, so I'm good.
1: I think it's because you're a little bit longer of a drive. She, uh... She can't quite get to you on a on a full stomach, That's so, true. We're, <laughs> Rebecca needs her food. Don't we all?
0: You said that, and I was like, I have snacks, but you know I can't eat them because I'm podcasting. Why did I bring a- us? <laughs> <laughs> all right, prepare yourself a healthy snack for the talking thing you're about to do.
2: That's what the mute button's for. When you're not talking, you're snacking.
0: I, I, yeah, let's just assume that.
1: And speaking of things Rebecca loves, uh, among other things, I know she really enjoys baking and she enjoys at least one true crime murder podcast, if not two, because she should be enjoying sugarcoated murder. They just came out with a book, which we will have a link to their Amazon uh, page for the book in our episode description here this week. Definitely check it out. It's called Click, Click, Click from the Say My Name series, which is a new ongoing series that Karen and Anne will be uh, putting out about true crime murders. And they, they had a, a firsthand interview with the murder suspect. And it's a super cool book and just super cool to know someone who has had a book published on a subject like this, which Rebecca, you are getting a signed personalized copy from Karen and Anne VME. So there and you when go. You Happy said that, I was like,
0: yes, <laughs> I, love, I do love me some murder.
1: <laughs> so yeah, you're that that's your Christmas present this year. Just so you know, you'll be I'm getting gonna, that, I'm pull
2: that that bit of audio to be used at your trial
0: yeah that's fine. <laughs> i rebecca roman <laughs> killed matt and i would do it again
1: I love. That too. but if you have a true crime podcast lover in your life definitely check out sugar murder because among other things they also bake delicious treats to coincide with their stories and also get them a book because reading is fun and reading is fundamental I guess, to pull out an old edutainment line, but (laughs) everyone's favorite form of education. Yes. I don't know if you remember the, uh, the back to the future animated series, but that was one of the worst ones (laughs) with edutainment where they're like, Oh, it's back to the future, but we're going to teach you shit. And like, ah, I don't want that. I just want fun adventures with doc and Marty.
0: Yeah, get out of here! I don't want to learn life lessons.
1: The
2: only thing I remember about that that cartoon is an episode where Doc Brown came up with a way to like push a button, and the whole car like collapsed into like a suitcase or like a box or something. And Marty tried to pick it up, and he was like, "This thing weighs a ton." And Doc Brown was like, "Yeah, there's a car in there."
1: <laughs> <laughs> so what the hell's the point of the suitcase? That's the joke. <laughs> I like it. So we're going to take a quick ad break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what you're doing. So we're going to hear from our friends, Dan and Lou over at Casting Views. We'll be right back.
0: I'm Dan. I'm Lou. And together we are Casting Views. An uncle and nephew chatting on random topics. Some heavy, some fun, but we aim to amuse. Don't miss out. Don't delay. Subscribe to Casting Views today. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify,
1: Anchor and GoodPods. And we're back uh, we're here to do another episode of What You Doing, another volume of What You Doing, whatever you want to call it, another installment. Yeah, installment. That would be a good one. Another installment of What You Doing, where we just talk about the things we're enjoying away from podcasting life and put it into the podcast because everything is content now.
0: Very, very true.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna get us started here. I'm gonna do a couple of real quick What You Doings because uh, one I don't want to spoil, and the other one I just started. Uh, So the one I just started is the new Wednesday series on Netflix. There's two things in this series so far that I'm I'm nitpicking because otherwise everything else is really solid through the first episode. Uh, One, I really cannot get behind Luis Guzman as Gomez Adams. I just I have Raul Julia as Gomez and uh, I'm blanking on his name right now. I'll look it up while maybe someone else interjects here uh but the the guy from the original series and then uh he just the voice just doesn't fit uh John Aston is from the the 60s series uh that was more of a sitcom
2: well i haven't seen the show i'll say but you go back and look at some of those old Adam the cartoons he's not deceptively handsome <laughs> or suave in those cartoons
1: you're right and like the new the the new series or not series animated series animated movie with uh, Oscar Isaac as Gomez, but like, he still has the voice. Like there's still something to him that makes him feel suave. And uh, I just, I have Raul Julia and John Aston in my head that like, they're, they're not necessarily like generic CW guy, handsome, but they, they still have like this undertone of like, you could definitely see how they could land Angelica Houston, or in this case, Catherine Zeta Jones. But I don't know. Luis Guzman just, he doesn't, he doesn't hit that Gomez Adams feeling for me, but that's not to say that he does a bad performance. He's not really in it, but he, it's, it's just something that doesn't appeal to me as far as someone who grew up on the nineties movies. Uh, but the other thing is there minor spoiler alert. There's a monster in this series. That's going ide- to probably linger for a while. And it's the most Tim Burton looking thing I have seen in a long time. Like it, <laughs> it, if you think of like, Oh, Tim Burton designed this, you probably know what this monster looks like.
0: Is it supposed to be like a actually scary TV show or like in the vein of like stranger things, or is it a little easier than that?
1: It feels more like the, the nineties movies. Okay. And it, the aesthetic is kind of in that vein too, where it's not exactly Beetlejuice. It is very much its own thing, but you can kind of see where Tim Burton could fit into this series. But The aesthetic of the entire show so far up until you see that monster, you're like, oh, this isn't very Tim Burton. Like maybe the dialogue and obviously Wednesday Adams kind of fits that like stereotypical Tim Burton idea. But there's nothing else in the series that is like, oh, this is very much Tim Burton until that monster shows up. And then you're like, oh, God, that's Tim Burton just showed up and he vomited all over the place.
0: (laughs) So I don't have the Internet. so I haven't done anything particularly interesting. But I kept seeing like all the ads for it, and I was like, I, "I still have never actually actively participated in anything Adam's family, other than listening to the remix of the theme song while I'm coaching classes because it's hilarious."
1: <laughs> I I, w- I would give Wednesday at least through the pilot episode a, a very strong recommend. Mm. Uh, it's it's engaging. I think uh, Jenna Ortega as Wednesday is interesting. When the the original synopsis came out where it's like oh hey a a grown-up Wednesday Adams has superpowers where she can see the future and she's going to be a detective and solve mysteries like this sounds like such bullshit and it's obviously been refined and uh, she's going to uh, a like boarding school for outcasts so she's surrounded by like werewolves it's very CW as well like it's if CW could swear it's it's kind of in that vein but it's done well at least through the pilot the mystery is surrounding it is, is engaging. I think it's, it's better than what the original description came out with. And like, they were really hyping Tim Burton's involvement in this, which it seems like maybe he's just kind of a, a glorified executive producer that they were like, Hey, we have this show that we want to get off the ground. If you were to come and at least direct the pilot, and then you just detach yourself from it, besides getting a residual check for being an executive producer, we would greatly appreciate it. And he's like, okay, but can I design a monster? Like, Fine
0: <laughs> yeah I got it. don't worry well I mean it makes <laughs> sense yeah, you say Tim Burton and you have a whole section of people who are like, I don't care what it is I'm gonna watch it and say that it's the best thing ever
1: 15 years ago, I was one of those people too, but I kind of got sick of him pretty quick after that. he just could not make a good movie to save his life and at least he directed a pretty solid pilot episode for this. Uh, but the other thing really quickly, the founders edition of Infernal Girl Red came out uh, in the last couple weeks. And I burned through that and I don't want to spoil anything because they are releasing it in a uh, three-part single-issue series starting in January. So if you have not put it on your pull list, strongly recommend adding it from uh, Matt Groom and Erica De Urso. Part of the Radiant Black universe. So good. I love Cassia and the the aesthetic of the costume and just the story that they tell in this origin story is fantastic. Uh, that's all I'm really going to get into unless matt or becky have questions about it that i won't spoil too much uh but is a lot of fun and i I really enjoyed reading it and i strongly recommend adding it to your pull list for three months while they release it in that three-part series i have none
2: no questions
1: all right no follow-up questions uh matt what you doing
2: my first thing is maybe the thing that i love the most in the world right now and that is andor andor rules If you don't know what it is, either anyone on this call or anyone listening, Andor is the most recent Disney Plus Star Wars show that serves as a, it's reductive to put it this way, but it's it's a, a prequel to the movie Rogue One, which featured a character called Cassian Andor, and it's sort of about how he becomes involved with the Rebel Alliance, but it's like way more than that. Before I get ahead of myself, first I want to shout out a podcast called A More Civilized Age. Which I'm shouting out because they're ostensibly a Clone Wars rewatch podcast, but they took a break from that to cover Andor weekly, and so I've been listening to that as these episodes come out, and almost certainly their thoughts, their observations, their analysis has seeped into my brain, so like almost assuredly, accidentally, I'm going to end up stealing stuff from them, so sorry to them shout outs it's a great podcast you should go listen to it
1: so before you go too far here what are their thoughts on bricks and screws existing in the star wars universe (laughs) yeah
0: you asked the worst person josh
1: they have no thoughts because it doesn't matter (laughs) 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 no uh for those that don't know there's uh, a a star wars youtube channel that i'm not going to drop the name of because they don't need the if you want to look it up you can but i'm not going to publicize them here. Uh, but they're a bunch of idiots and assholes who just they're they're just trying to get rage clicks and views. Their their opinions mean nothing and they're just trying to aggravate the the Star Wars fandom. But Matt, please continue.
2: Well I will say this. When you die and your custom is that you get your ashes are pressed into a brick to be placed in a wall. That's a really good tool for bashing someone's head in, which is a thing that happens in the show and it rules. It a
1: great moment. Uh,
2: anyway uh, this show rules it is it is the best you know, I, I'm someone who likes a lot of the Disney plus Star Wars stuff so far. like I know that they have their detractors. i I've generally enjoyed most of it. um this is the best thing they've done. like by far, it's not even close. um it's probably the best thing that they have done, maybe even since like the original trilogy is how good it is. Give or take a last Jedi, which I adore. It's just like. It is so dense and it is so textured and it's just, it's rich. It's like full of interesting characters, full of like, it's asking questions about the Star Wars universe and how it operates that you don't see interrogated that often. Like it's a show that is about like, how do people survive living through fascism? How do people push back against it? It's looking at, like, some of the ways that, like, capitalist systems and, like, police forces often align themselves with fascism once it arrives. The importance of, like, strong community bonds just in general and in combating those things. Like, like I was talking about that the moment with the brick. That is, like, it sounds weird, but it is a moment that is, like, informed so much by, like, this community we have seen developing like it's a cool thing like this guy has this brick and he's like oh it's it's going down time to bash buddy's head in but it is full <laughs> of so much meaning that like if you haven't seen it that sounds absurd i realize that <laughs> but it but it is um you know it's it's interested in like how these these resistance movements kind of form and how they like coordinate there's there's stuff in the show about how it's sort of at a time before the rebel alliance has really like coalesced and you get references to like all of these various like factions of people who like hate the empire and are fighting the empire, but also they don't necessarily agree with each other. They don't even necessarily like each other. So it's like, which is a thing that happens in real life with like real resistance movements where like there's always like factions that come to like intellectual disagreements and they hate each other for reasons, both, good and bad and it's just like it's really like it is it is coming to this universe that is like okay how does this stuff happen in real life and like let's analyze it through that star wars lens like so much of it is inspired by real world movements um it's it feels like it's some a star wars thing that's about something other than star wars which is like not a thing that happens very often even though i like a lot of star wars stuff a lot of its references are tend to be other star wars things but this is like
1: it's it's very much a, its own thing it's uh, an insular story that tells this idea of cassian becoming a rebel agent and like him understanding that his life is essentially forfeit anyway ooh. with the the empire so he might as well do something of value with it
2: yeah and it's just it's just a thing that is it's just incredible to watch this thing that you know i, I don't think anybody when they were like, we're doing a prequel about the secondary character from a Star Wars spin-off movie. I don't think anyone was like, wow, that's exactly what I wanted. Mm-hmm. But it is like, it's, it's full of, like every single character in the show is like interesting and complex and layered. Even the ones who are like total evil bastards. You like get to know them and you understand what makes them tick. Places feel lived in like. One of the main planets is a place called Pharyx And it is just like, it feels like a place people live, people work, people, you know, it feels like a community. Coruscant is a planet we've seen a ton, but this is like the first time it has ever felt like a place that is that is built with people living in it and working in it in mind. Like it feels like a city with uh, intentional architecture. It's not just like a bunch of weird space buildings or temples and stuff. Um, you know, I could, I could go on forever but it's just like it's just incredible it's the best star wars thing in a long time
1: yeah i i can agree with that wholeheartedly it's definitely if it's not better than the mandalorian it's like right there alongside it and this show did definitely kind of mandalorian me because uh if you go way back to like episode five or something of the podcast back in when we started in 2017 we we got news that the mandalorian came out i was like i don't give a shit about the mandalorians i what yeah. how are you gonna make me care about the, the this society of people that are essentially going extinct and sure enough episode one i'm like i'm all in let's let's go let's yep. find out what's happening here and Andor or did the same thing i just from episode they they released the first three episodes together which is like its own little mini movie and you're like yeah okay let's let's do this thing let's yeah. find out
2: more yeah and it's really smartly it's it's sort of taking that the approach that clone wars does a lot in terms of the way it's structured where it's sort of broken up into arcs where it's all essentially one story, but it's like, here's, here's the opening arc. Here's what happens next. Here's another arc that are like connected, but you know, it's sort of like a, for the most part, not, not entirely, but like trios of episodes that tell segments of this story. Mm -hmm. But it's just like something that I've wanted a long time from star Wars That you don't always get is like a thing. This the Star Wars universe is, you know, you watch those original movies and you get the feeling that this place is huge. That there's all kinds of things happening in this world. There that it can can support all kinds of stories, and so often it all ends up coming back to Jedi and the Force and all that. Yeah, the stuff that does make Star Wars unique. Granted, like laser swords are cool people doing flips is cool or the same set of characters, you know, like there was a, it was a running joke before Disney that in the expanded universe, every single character that ever showed up in a shot in star Wars had a, had a deep and compelling backstory. And also somehow they were tied to Han Solo. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, it's, it's just, and, and, you know, I love the Mandalorian, but that's the thing that happens in that show too, where like by the second season, it is tying itself into the main movies that's tying itself into like clone Wars stuff. It's none of that is in Andor. like I aside from the fact that it, we know it in a larger way ties into this movie that came out six years ago now, Jesus. Um, aside from that, it's not like the Jedi are never mentioned. I don't think, uh, the force is barely mentioned if it is at all. Like it is, it is doing exactly that thing that I've wanted for so long, where it's telling this story that you don't see that often. You know, I like a lot of the Dave Filoni stuff, but for a long time, he's been like the main creative force in Star Wars, and it's just refreshing to see somebody else s- step into this universe and be like, "Let's tell a different kind of story." And it's something I think Star Wars can can handle a lot more than it than it does, and that's one of the one of the reasons the show is so refreshing. On top of the fact that it is so fucking good.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a show that relied heavily on the content of the story. And not just like patting out some fan service yep. of like, oh, Ahsoka's here. Oh, here's some clones. Here's here's Han Solo. Here's a mention of the Millennium Falcon. There's none of that. It's just its own thing. And it works so well.
0: Okay, so coming from the girl who does not understand Star Wars. I don't get it. I don't get it. George Lucas is not a good writer. I it, If I have to watch the original movies and people have to tell me the entire time well this part's not good but okay well this is kind of like this is kind of weird but well it should have been this that i'm like then this is not a good movie why am i watching this and then i did the opposite of josh where i was like uh eh, i don't really care about like you know the mandalorian specifically i was like but this looks like interesting i think i'll watch it and in the first episode i was like this is not good. I do not enjoy this at all. I did not like it. I tried, I tried so hard. I watched like five episodes.
1: You had the worst person to introduce you to I did. Star That's
2: Wars. That's true. You sounded like you were set up for a question there. Did you have one?
0: <laughs> my question, my question is, how do you think that I would relate to this new one? Because like you're saying, it's a little bit, if it's a little bit less like, Alright, reference to this, and reference to that, and reference to this, and a little bit more just like, here is the world of Star Wars, here is it fleshed out, and then also this is like the situation that's going on. I did like I did like Rogue One. I did.
2: I would say, you know, there are certain things, like there are ways that they fit in like little references, but it's mostly like stuff that it's background, and unless you're like really into it. You're not going to notice. It's not going to detract from anything. One of the characters is, is like a guy who has uh, a front as like an antiques dealer, right? So they put in like a lot of like old props and stuff that are like, oh, hey, Easter eggs. But it's not like they're like, oh, by the way, as you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi said XYZ and Phantom Menace or shit. Um, anyway, I think that if you're not a person who likes Star Wars, all you need to really know is that yeah. they're... There is an evil empire, or there's an empire, an oppressive fascist regime, regime that is, like, doing its fascist regime thing, and that there are people who are living under the yoke of that. And I th- I think if you have that, you can get by. And, you know, as long as, if you're aware of that, and that pe- people zip around space and have, bla- like, laser guns and stuff, you're... You're there, you know. If you can, if you can get past that, I think you can appreciate. Well, the see, show that's cause... not even.
0: I don't even need to get past that. Like that shit's cool. Like that shit, I like. I just have really never met a character that I actually give a shit about in the like. I don't know. I just am always like, these are not. I'm not that interested. Every single person is like, a, incredibly tragic for the most part. But I really liked. I really liked Rogue One. That was the one that I was like, all right. I can get down with this.
2: Yeah, I think I think if that's what you're looking for, like like I said, every character in the show is really interesting and complex. You have like one of the main antagonists is a woman who works like intelligence for the empire. So she's like a you know, she's she's a bad guy. Like she's she's working for the fascists, but she is a complex character who like part of her story is about how she's trying to you know, she is a new a newish person in this competitive environment that is also mostly dominated by like old men who've been there for a long time. So it's like, you know, she's, she, she is the person who is like warning of an impending, like coalescent rebellion against the empire. Also trying to like make her bones and then, um, you know, get people to listen to her. It's so, like there you, it's a weird thing where she's like, she is objectively on the side of the bad guys, but also you're like, okay, I see where like her story is. I'm, I'm understanding her her motivations and where she hooks into it. And as her story progresses, it's like, it's, it's very interesting. So like there, there is a turn where like there comes a point where it's like, Oh, you are an evil bastard. I just, they lulled me into a sense of security with you. where like, you can almost forget that she's a, a fascist because so much of her story is like, Oh, she's the underdog here. And then when the turn comes, you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. Now I, I, you, you made me think you were, you were, you made an interesting character who then turns out to be total, a total bastard in, in the long run. There's like stuff where it's a, it is about some of the fundamental star Wars stuff in terms of, you know, there's a rebel Alliance. How does that happen? But it's, it's not doing the thing that star Wars often does where it's like, if you're not, In it, if you and if you can't deal with a certain level of like dorky bullshit, (laughs) you can't get into it. Like I would say, I would say you should give it a shot. If by the end of those first three episodes you're not into it, maybe it's not for you. But lots of interesting characters, lots of interesting like interpersonal relationships and conflicts that I think it it feels dismissive of like The Mandalorian and other shows that I like to say this, but. It's like, what if Star Wars did a real TV show?
0: <laughs> Which I'm like, that's probably more my I, I always try with everything Star Wars. I always give it a shot. But every time I'm just like, why can't the writing be a little less cheesy? I just don't understand.
2: It's it is. The writing is fucking, fucking good. And like I said, there is just like stuff that they like there's a there's a whole arc in the middle of the show that is about. Basically a heist like that. to rip somebody off for reasons that I won't get into. In case you watch it. But
1: it's a good heist.
2: It's great. It's cool fucking rules. <laughs> but one of the things I was reading um, this week is that the creator of the show, Tony Gilroy, who's a guy who's done movies, he he wrote something to do with Rogue One as well. I don't know. what You know, that movie had a complicated development, so I don't know like how much he was actually involved, but. He said a thing where, like, the whole heist is, like, based on a real thing that happened, like, the early 1900s, where, like, a bunch of socialists did a big heist to fund their operations. And, like, that's That's fucking cool. cool. (laughs) Where you're just, you are taking, like I said, it's like a thing where you're looking at the world of Star Wars that has set up Evil Empire, Rebel Alliance, and you're asking these questions and taking inspiration from real things of, like... How do people operate when they are in these situations, which has happened in the real world? A minor spoiler for that heist is that they steal a bunch of money and then somebody gets crushed by it. Literally, somebody is crushed under the weight of capitalism in the show. <laughs>
1: that's amazing. Uh-huh.
2: It's tragic, but it is also like when you see it and you're like, oh, I see, gee, man, that's so fucking good. <laughs> I can talk about the show for hours. And I know I've talked about it a lot already. I I not give it a higher recommendation even if you don't like Star Wars. If you have if you can if you're into some of the basics, that's all you need to know. Right,
0: I'm going I'm to add it to my two watch list. I was that's what I was writing down. I think
2: you should put it at the top of your two watch, the only watch list. It's thing on my on to watch list hard. right
0: now. Okay. <laughs> Perfect.
1: I would say as long as you understand that there's now an evil empire and like there's remnants of the previous republic with like senators and stuff, that's all you really need to know. Everything else is just kind of icing on the cake and just it's all delicious. I'm going
2: to get real close to the mic right now and say something that is I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to dwell on this too much because I know I've already gone on too long. It's not the remnants of the Republic. The Republic was already the Empire. Let's get real. <laughs> oh, my God. Bang, boom. Goodbye. Wow,
0: that was a revolution. <laughs> Feel it. In my hands.
1: Anyway, Becky, <laughs> what are you doing?
0: Well, uh, if you're asking what I'm doing right now at this moment. I am the little spoon, and my dog is now the big spoon. He has moved up from his position on my – he was, like, resting on my hip. He's got a paw on each shoulder, and his nose is on the back of my neck. I don't understand what he's doing, but it's hilarious.
2: The remit of the show is it's things that we enjoy. It's so like, are you enjoying it? I
0: enjoy it, of course. It's the best.
2: Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't know
0: how nerdy good. it is. It's probably a little dirty that I love my dog <laughs> this much because he's the best. Okay, well, what I'm doing right now, I have two, uh, I remember, very absolute things that make no sense, but I remember I wanted to talk to you guys, ask you about a movie that I watched that I missed, um, because I am not a big watcher of movies, especially older movies, I have very particular tastes. I watched, recently, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Do either of you Mm. remember that?
1: I'm aware aware of it, it. but I've never seen it. Yeah. Jinx, Matt, you owe me a soda. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Fine.
0: (laughs) So I just, I just, it's very bad. It's not good. I think the main lady got like a Razzie for her performance or something. Like it was one of those. But it was just like, I don't watch kind of that old, like campy horror movie stuff. Like it's from the 80s. So it's just not my thing. But I watched it as, um, for Halloween. Because uh, it, it, like, my TV is very, very, like, rarely connected to my little hotspot or whatever. So it, like, popped up a local thing channels. And I was like, oh, shit. I can see what's going on. Because I just moved. I don't know any of these local channels here. And I saw this on, like, one of their, like, Halloween spooky whatevers. But I as I was watching it, I was just like, oh, my God. This is a, the be, like, people who like this are so nerdy. Because it's just a lady with big giant boobs live in our magic secret dark life. We'd
1: love to see it.
0: It was quite dangerous.
2: <laughs> you simply love to see it.
1: Yeah. I don't hear the problem with this, Rebecca.
0: I, it was, well, the plot is, I don't even understand. You, you
1: already mentioned the plot. It's, it's Elvira.
0: Elvira. She wants to open her show in Las Vegas. She needs, uh, like $50,000. And then she gets like a, her like aunt dies or something like Morgana. So she's like, all right, sweet. She goes to Massachusetts to like get, the, get her inheritance. And there's like a, know, there's like a mansion and a book involved. Oh, there is a poodle. And it's the poodle's <laughs> name is Algonquin, which I was all about. And then of course nobody likes her because, you know, she's worldly and she's very, wears very revealing clothes. So all the townspeople are like, man, this lady's crazy. But if you've never seen it, and you like eighties movies, I think it's worth watching. It was very, very funny and like enjoyable to watch,
1: yeah, there was a really great time in the eighties for like that niche camp horror movie stuff like i I have the vaguest memories of what Attack of the killer Tomatoes is about. I remember they made a nineties animated series out of it, but like I remember watching it, which i John Aston I believe is also in that. Those kind of movies can be fun if you're in the right frame of mind for it,
0: exactly, and like it was just one of those things where. I didn't go out of my way to find it. I didn't, like, no one, you know, it was, it all just kind of happened, and it was, like, a fun night at home, like, watching this, like, super campy movie, and it was especially an 80s movie, and I was like, all right, like, I'm down for this. This is pretty cool. That was my very exciting thing I did for Halloween.
1: <laughs> all right. Rebecca, the, the young single woman in the American Midwest just... <laughs> Staying at home, snuggling her dog, watching Elvira.
0: Pretty much. I can, the snuggle is intense right now. It's the best. I don't, he's it like, <laughs> I'm all about my mom. <laughs> all
1: right. Well, we'll swing it back to me. And another thing that I am doing is I just watched uh, last night, actually, the unbearable weight of massive talent starring oh. Nicolas Cage and Pedro that? Pascal. It was so good. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I cannot stress this enough. Like. We've seen some of these meta movies where actors are like, oh, I, I'm, I'm kind of hitting a lull in my career, but I don't want to call it a career. Let's make a movie about me that's fictional, but it's insane in its fictionality. And it's it's just it's so much fun. Like Nicolas Cage is fun. And like, I think the only thing that this movie did that I wish it would have done more of is reference Nicolas Cage's love of Superman because he famously has a son named Al. Oh yes, and <laughs> and there's no Superman in this because it's it's fictional. Like he's married to a woman that I don't believe is actually his wife, and he has a a teenage daughter who's like getting close to graduating high school, and like that's his only child, which I believe he has two or three kids in real life. But it, it's it's kind of what I wanted the Weird Al movie to be, where like it's just this insane fictionalized version of his life but it's done in a really fun and metal way uh part of the plot is he ends up writing a script with pedro pascal's character who he believes to be a drug lord and that the cia this is all in the trailer by the way this isn't spoilers uh that he the cia believes to be a drug lord and he's kidnapped like a a presidential candidate's daughter from his country and the, the movie plays out with Nicolas Cage being like, I don't think it's him, but it, it's probably him because he's so weird. And like every time I interact with him, like there's something that's like I could construe that as being violent. So it, it, it plays off on a lot of really fun meta comedy things. And again, it's Nicolas Cage just getting to be Nicolas Cage. And uh, it, it was just a lot of fun. And I, I strongly recommend it. I don't know if it's one of those movies that it's like I feel like watching The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent like, I, I feel like this is a movie I need to watch every other time, but like, I think you could watch this movie like once every five to 10 years and be like, that was fun.
2: Yeah, I saw trailers for it. I don't go to the movies that often anymore, um, but I saw trailers for it and it looked really interesting, but I did not get around to actually seeing it yet. So that's, that's good to hear a recommendation.
1: It's streaming on Stars, so if you have a can find a good like Black Friday or Cyber Monday deal, I'd recommend getting that like one month or three month free that they offer, All right. and uh, just check it out. All right.
0: So weird. I, I was like, I I remember watching the trailer, and being like, hey, you know what, I like Nick Cage, I'm down for that.
2: You know what, I, I I feel like Major Pascal is like an actor who is, it's weird because he's not underrated, but I feel like he, he does not like get underutilized maybe you know he's like he's in the Mandalorian he's great in that but like you know he's just an interesting actor like he was in Wonder Woman 1987 which is a bad movie but he's great in it he's just like he's got so many different modes it feels like that
1: he's underappreciated within the community maybe or not necessarily like the community because like people who know him like him yeah um, like like within like the acting and like Hollywood circles like it, it doesn't seem like he's taken seriously as an actor but he's in all of these high quality shows and movies that it's like he's good
2: yeah i feel like he's got a a wide maybe it's he's got a wide range that does not always feel like is the thing you think about first when you hear oh pedro pascal is going to be in something because like all of these you know i haven't seen this movie but all the roles that i've seen him in are all like so different from each other it's it's really great
1: but yeah um, unbearable weight of massive talent strongly recommend it Matt, what you doing?
2: My second thing is uh, maybe the other most obvious thing, if you know me at all. I'm playing a lot of Pokemon. What? The new uh, the new Pokemon game, Scarlet and Violet, just hit. I'm playing Violet, and I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Um,
1: so the, the important question right off the bat is, which starter did you choose?
2: I ch- Well, that's a great question, and I got, I got an answer. <laughs> and an Matt went
1: and bought two out. extra Switches so he could have all the starters yep. and just play. Yes.
2: <laughs> Well, that's the second part of my of my answer. My fur my answer is I don't know quite how to say it. Spriggiato, which is the grass type cat. cat who looks like he's got a little pot leaf on his head. Yes. However, <laughs> thanks to the wonders of the internet, my team, half of my team is starters. So I was able to get my hands on the other two thanks to trading, thanks to random swaps, things like that. So I I definitely had a, a strong preference when I chose, but I'm rocking all of them right now. If, if you don't know Pokemon, for some reason, the biggest thing in the world, you know, it's a game where you, there's all these cute creatures that have powers. They're called Pokemon. Every game is about you going around and capturing them, things like that, and building a team. It's like an, it's an RPG. This newest game is... One of the first ones that sort of sets it in sort of an open world where the whole thing is that you are a student at a school and then you're sort of basically released into like a study abroad program where it's like, go find your bliss, basically.
0: (laughs) You're 10. You're all right. You can be go go and be independent.
2: Yeah, it takes the normal like um, tenants of most of these Pokemon games. Like in most of these games, you have to go and fight what's called gym battles which is like every town has a a gym leader who specializes in a certain type he's basically they're basically a boss they give you a badge that you get all eight badges and then you can go fight the last boss which is called the elite four there's almost always like a team of criminals or some 'er ne'er-do-wells who are trying to do something either steal pokemon or mess people's days up or whatever and there's like other little things but they've taken all of these normal facets of pokemon games and sort of been like okay You can go and just do these like, you know, if you want to focus on the gym leader stuff, you can, if you want to focus on fighting the it's team star in this game, you can, there's a whole thing where there's a guy who's like looking for what are called Titan Pokemon, which are just like big ass versions of Pokemon. You can go fight those as like sort of boss battles. And that's one of the ways you like unlock traversal upgrades for your like Mount Pokemon. So that's how you like get the flying and the, um, surfing and stuff it's got all those elements of a of any given pokemon game but it's sort of in this more open structure and i you know i'm just loving the hell out of it i've i've liked every pokemon game i played all of them because i'm you know a 30 something year old child but um this one really got its hooks into me
0: yeah I've, I've been trying to resist the urge to find a switch and you're not making that easy.
2: Well, you know, I, if it helps, I will say, you know, it's it's not a perfect game. If you're if you're if you're following sort of the discourse around the game, a lot of people are having like major technical issues with the game. I've not run into any so far, but um, you know, like huge glitches that are just like I don't think anything game breaking, but just really weird stuff that I don't know if the game was rushed. I don't know if it is a thing where the the game is just like if the games are starting to outpace what the switch can do, but you know, it's, it's definitely not um, necessarily a smooth experience. A lot of people are having, like I said, I've not seen anything huge or major on my end, like nothing where it's like, Oh, your character disappeared. <laughs> and where are you?
0: Well, if it was going to happen to anybody, it's going to happen to me. Right, Josh.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. And some of that is, I th- also think that like there's, they're not really, they haven't really done an open world game like this before. They've done a, some games that sort of dabble in that kind of thing. But it would make sense to me if there was an entirely new engine here that maybe maybe has some of its own bugs.
1: I will say the only uh, thing that I've seen that I think is like a legitimate complaint besides just like the the craziness that can happen with some of these glitches is uh, with Pokemon Legends Arceus that came out earlier this year. Um, I liked the idea of just being able to throw the Pokeball and capture a Pokemon while you're just running through the world instead of... Engaging in a battle, choosing to throw the Pokeball, and then doing the Pokeball sequence. I, I think that's like the only legitimate complaint I've seen about this game, besides like performance issues of like frame rates and texturing and all that sort of stuff. But again, that's maybe they they programmed the game beyond what the Switch is capable of. Who knows? Yeah. But hopefully, hopefully they will actually patch it and fix it.
2: Well, I think I mean they did at least one update on day one. So I would not be surprised if some of that was to address performance stuff because a lot of this stuff was like people like review review copies and stuff so maybe a lot that happens a lot in games now where a game ships and maybe it's kind of busted and they're like okay well on day one we got to push out a patch that fixes some of that stuff
0: well that's that the kind of thing i was thinking too like is there big major issues like that by the time i would even be getting to it that it's possible stuff like that could be you know patched up or fixed
2: yeah 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 and yeah, to, to your point, Josh, I totally get that as some people are frustrated with it too. I, I haven't minded it too much. Um, Like I get that, but I'm just like, you know, that's part of the Pokemon game.
0: And Yeah, it is what it is. You know, the last time I played, like really, really played Pokemon and got into it, I was just thinking an Easter egg that you will both appreciate. That's not really an Easter egg, but it is for, specifically for us, is that... If you're down and uh, you're by, like, the Fisherman, I'm trying to think. It was on my 3DS. Where all the Fishermen are, you can fight one of them, and his name is Shad. <laughs> right? I was like, oh, I, 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 liked, I like, took a picture. and like He does that, you know, he's, like, looking over his shoulder like they do in the little cutscenes, And I was like, oh, my God, it's a Shad. Like, what are the chances? <laughs> so I was, I, that's my very fondest Pokemon memory.
1: I got my dog from Shad.
0: My
2: fondest Shad memory is the time I had a gun pointed in my face while he was there.
0: <laughs> you I, you just had to bring it up.
2: Yeah, of course I did. Anyway. <laughs>
0: you can't just let it go. It's like a trauma, traumatic event in his life. My God. Anyway,
2: I'm enjoying the game so far. And it's just one of those things where, kind of like uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, which is a game that came out earlier this year, that sort of... Uh, like you were alluding to Josh did some of that more open world stuff, but it was it was a little more structured in that you're only like sort of open zones. this is a lot more like a lot less um segmented anyway, but it's like that in that you're just running around and you know you're not running for the tall grass and waiting for the random encounter you're just seeing the Pokemon sort of roam and then if you want to try and fight them if you want to try and catch them, you can you can initiate the battle you can avoid them. It's just really, you know, some some people are having problems with it, and I get that. I I have not experienced anything major, so so far I'm just having a blast with it. They added online co-op, which I've only dabbled in a little bit, but it's really interesting. when I've played, where it's like up to four people can like just jump into a world together. I've done it with one other person, and if you want, those two people or those four people can just go off in any direction and like, oh, I've got my own stuff to do over here. You got your own stuff to do over here. See you later. So it's just there's a lot of interesting things about it, and it's really after we're finished doing this, I'll probably go play some more. So, <laughs> well, Becky, what you doing?
0: The game I'm playing right now is Final Fantasy X on nice. my on my Xbox One, and I just I just love that game. I just love it. Did you, did you did you ever play it?
2: My relationship with that game is weird because I've I've owned it like five times it's one of those yeah each time i i have gotten a bit farther and still have never beaten it but i really i i I used to hate it because i used to be like oh the voice acting i prefer final fantasy 9 or whatever but i really i've really come around on it it's a great game
0: it is i have my like original game guides and it is one of my favorite things what
2: I think I've got one too, actually.
0: It is one of my favorite things to, like, sit down and, I, like, go through the guide with it. Um, the only thing I did realize, like, this time around uh, is that they have the um, the monster arena and, like, they yeah. you, you get tasked with it, but you're thinking, like, I'm in the, you know, I'm already really close to the end of, like, walking through the world itself on foot, and then you get the airship and all that nonsense. But, like, yeah, after I got... That part, I got the airship, I'm, like, through, you know, that's all, everything's happening. I was, like, there is the sheer amount of things that are left to do, like, just side quest-wise. Like, to even just fight one of the monsters in the monster arena and not get absolutely pummeled is insane to me. Because, yep. like right now, I'm strong enough to go through, finish the game, have it be done. But there are, I mean, the hours that I would have to put in to, like, really, like, get everyone level up, Even to beat the Dark Aeons, which is a new feature yep. in the remastered games. They are impossible. And I'm just, like, I'm going to do all this. There's 10% of the story left. Like, like I do yeah. all this, and then I'm going to, like, hop back into the story. And I'm like, wait, what the fuck was I doing? That's, it's, it's a little weird to leave that much to the end.
2: The last time I tried to play it was when that the PS4 remaster came out, the, the Final Fantasy 10 and 10-2 collection. And I was like, I am finally going to finish this game. I'm going to do everything. I'm going to get all the weapons. And then I started like looking into like what you had to do to like get the weapons.
0: All oh, the celestial I like, weapons. I know. Oh, my God.
2: Yeah. And like get all the get all the Aeons and stuff. And I was like, actually, I think I'm good. <laughs> I'm just going to beat it. And then I didn't. The,
0: the <laughs> Aeons aren't that bad. All that can be done pretty smoothly that's the one like side quest that you can do it it's not bad and then it, you feel kind of cool because you have all of them um yep. i will never get the celestial weapons i will never do it i think i might have had one single playthrough where maybe i unlocked like maybe rikus but i it was only one because i yeah the the tasks they set for you <laughs> what
2: Final Fantasy good actually.
0: But I, I do which, and you know what this means, that if, once I'm done with 10, I'm gonna slide my happy ass over into 10, too.
1: Yep. Oh yeah. If I don't
0: care what people use your say,
1: strategy guide for that one I'm too. Use my
0: strategy <laughs> guide. The other day I was on the ground. I was in my living room, laying on the carpet. Um, you know, I was like on my stomach. I had my feet off kicking them in the air behind me, flipping through the pages of my Final Fantasy II, uh 2 game guide. And That's I was I was like, what am I doing? This has got to be, like... The, but I was just, just reading all the dress fears and, like, reading all the items and getting all excited for the game coming up. And I was just like, oh, my God. But I like that game. I don't care what anybody says. It's fun.
2: I think that game... I've never played Ten Two myself. It was one of those things where I have a copy of it now. But... I was like, I'm gonna play ten and finish it, and then I'm gonna play ten two, and then I never finished ten. But I think in recent years, especially since that remaster has come out, a lot of people are like, "Oh, actually, that game is good."
0: <laughs> like, I get that there are definitely some like super cheesy moments, but also that it's just Final Fantasy. Like, there are ridiculously yeah. cheesy. How many times are you trying to just like play and Titus is like my old man and you're like we get it you have a father complex like we understand but it's like that's his thing and like the worst thing of ten two, the the hands down worst part of all that entire game is when you're trying to find out the ciphers in one section here which it's not difficult it's very easy no spoilers or anything. And then I don't know where Riku just goes, Monkey, but like the lips on her character just keep moving and it's really badly animated. It's just super, super terrible. But the rest of that. it is just precious.
2: I love that. Final Fantasy Good actually. I say that as someone who has logged, I think, two full weeks of his life into Final Fantasy 14. So take that as you will.
0: <laughs> take that as you will. I just like it was um that was like a section of gaming that i think got me into games which is why i liked it so much um but we actually my mom and my sister are the ones that picked the game out for me but they saw the girls on the cover and they were like well we have this playstation 2 we only have like we have like a fighting game a racing game you know whatever so my mom's like hey like check out this game it's got these girls i don't know like try it and uh (laughs) i just remember like we we plugged it in, we hooked it up, and that's when we had like that, like the most massive TV, like the giant big boxes that they used to have. But at the time, it was like, oh my god, you guys have like a sixty-inch TV, like that's crazy. And we like <laughs> did our thing, hooked it up, and it's the very first sequence is that it insane, like it's like a pop concert, and there's yeah. like fucking yeah she's singing there's guitars it's crazy it's like it's just like in your face like kind of that k-pop and my sister and i just looked at each other we were just like whoa like (laughs) this is fucking (laughs) cool and then you get to you're on stage and like the very first thing you do is you get to fight this character and we were just like even my mom was like all right like this is pretty cool like everybody looks cute and then when they when they taught us the thing where you could like you know change your dress sphere or whatever and they, they do like that whole sailor moon-esque sequence of transform like transforming your clothes i was like i am in it i want to play this this is the best thing i've ever seen in my whole life i have that yeah. has always and forever been my number one absolute favorite game
1: yeah i'm still i have not watched a single let's play or anything on final fantasy X too because i'm holding out hope that there's a way that we can do a let's play for the talking smack YouTube channel.
0: <laughs> and with me playing it, <laughs> your favorite part is going to be, um, there's a mission that involves uh massage and I will leave it at that. Oh, <laughs> so I I'm very, very close to beating 10. I just have to decide whether or not I'm going to like stick to my guns and really go for like, getting like the auto life ability and all that stuff. But in order to do that, I'm going to have to get through that. The monster Hunter arena or monster not Hunter, what the monster arena and like level up, which is just not really a thing I do in video games. I'm not someone who is crazy into grinding. It's just really not my thing.
1: Yeah. All right, Matt, you got anything else you're doing? Yeah, I got a couple
2: things I can mention. I've been really into Dr. Who lately. Ooh, Dr.
1: Who, we all love Dr. Who
0: love Dr. Who.
2: Um, there's a couple of reasons. I'm indifferent. Well, get it's out good.
0: of this podcast.
2: Um, <laughs> there's a couple of reasons that I've been really into it lately. The the thing I think that sort of res not sparked my interest, but had sort of was the catalyst for all this. Is that I'll do another shout out. There's a small YouTube channel that I follow. It's called Clever Dick Films, and it's because his name is Richard. It's not a cheeky joke. Don't be weird. Um. Anyway, his entire thing, he's like a Doctor Who super fan, and he does these very occasional, because they're very in-depth, retrospectives of the entire show. And he breaks it down by, like, each incarnation of the Doctor. So, his most recent one that came out a few weeks ago is about Matt Smith as the 11th Doctor. And I was watching that, because I watch them all when they come out, and I'm like, oh, actually, like, a lot of this is, like, really good. (laughs) So, that... Uh, put me in a a whole like mood where my wife and I have um, we had started watching from the beginning of the revival the 2005 revival a while ago she had never seen it I've seen most of it and so like we picked that up again we've been watching a lot of it Uh, we're in the David Tennant era right now which is great the best Hand chef's kiss Um, but then also I never finished the last season, this most recent one of the Jodie Whittaker era. So I've been like, and you know, her, her last episode, like also sort of coincided with this video coming out. So I was like seeing a lot about that and like sort of the regeneration and stuff. So I was like, oh, I got to catch up on that. I also discovered this service called Pluto TV. Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah. If you've never heard of it, it is just like a streaming service that has like some, old TV shows on demand but it has a lot of like they they call them channels it's basically like live TV but a lot of them are just for like one single thing like there's a Star trek channel that often shows next generation and original series just around the clock they also have one for classic Doctor Who so like you just tune in and you you roll the dice what are you gonna get so between like that guy's videos and like the stuff I haven't seen and the stuff my wife hasn't seen. And then this old shit, I'm just like totally doctor who pilled right now. It's good.
1: Sounds like fun. Yeah. You don't care.
0: (laughs) I do. do. I'm like, Oh, I, I haven't watched. I, I watched it. I rewatched it. And then I think I got through like all most of the Matt Smith stuff, but I never ended up finishing it. Um, it's just good.
2: Yeah, all that stuff to date is on HBO Max, um, if you haven't, if you're curious. I think, you know, it's not, doesn't it's, this most recent season was the 13th since the revival, so it's not, it doesn't maintain all that quality the entire time, but, like, for the most part, it's good, it's fun. If nothing else, like, that the cast is always on point. Um, before my wife left for Thanksgiving, um, we watched, like, there was like a string of episodes in the third season, like the, se- the second David Tennant year, um, which is just like just bangers on bangers on bangers, including the episode Blink, which is Oof, one yeah. I think one of the more famous ones. It's the one that introduces the Weeping Angels that, you know,
1: I know that reference.
2: Yeah, freeze and they freeze in place as long as you're looking at them. But if you look away, you blink, whatever, then they can move and that's how they kill you. Um, So like
1: like the ghosts and Mario, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Only slightly scarier. So just like just like a such a run of banger episodes that we're in right now. So yeah, chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. What else you got? I can talk about more shit, but if you got more stuff, let's hear it.
1: Um, for me, uh speaking of hbo max uh the other day i was trying to kill some time before uh the family and i had to go out and uh just go do a, a family thing we i put on dc's league of super pets because i i've been meaning to check it out just because i i was interested in it in uh out of, more out of curiosity than anything because it's it's a movie about animals but it's also the dc super pets so uh, it like is it going to go more into like the the stereotypical like, oh, dogs lick their butts and it's funny? Ha 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 ha. <laughs> or I mean, is it? And I, I've heard cool. people say that it's like the the Spider-Verse animated movie that DC needed. And I'm like, there's no possible way it's that. It's definitely not that it's it's <laughs> okay. enjoyable. It's it's fun. But there are still those moments of like, hey, look, that dog's licking its butt. Ha 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 ha.
2: To be fair, that shit is fucking funny.
1: like there's there's a literal moment where uh kevin hart as ace the the dog that eventually goes to batman um he's like i lick myself all day it's amazing it's great it's like great yeah i get it dogs and animals lick themselves Uh uh-huh but there's also like this weird this turtle that gets super speed because obviously um, writers didn't really strain themselves with that one uh but the turtle randomly out of nowhere just starts swearing so like (laughs) so and this is a pg movie so it's like really out of nowhere like once they get their powers the turtle decides it's gonna go make a run for it and it's not expecting to go near light speed and it ends up like in a prairie just outside of metropolis and it's like where the bleep am i (laughs) (laughs) like what
0: that that's that's super like, that was not awesome. established with
1: this character beforehand. That,
0: that, and that then there was like
1: a thing. They only do it three times. The first time is the, where the bleep am I? And then the, the other one is uh, just another offhanded, like, Oh, what the blood, what the bleep is happening here with this guy. And then uh, the, the third time I don't remember, but like I was expecting it at that point, but it was still just like, so out of nowhere. But um, one thing that I, I it was But it's a fun movie. I will say it's fun. I don't know that I would necessarily say it's like go out and see it. But if you have nothing better to do with your time, it's it's fun. Uh, But Diego Luna is also in this, who plays Cassian Andor. He plays uh, a squirrel with lightning powers.
0: Okay, interesting. I
1: believe I believe he ends up uh, becoming the Green Lantern's super pet.
0: Why is that part? Why that part is like really cute to me? I'm like, yeah, super (laughs) pet. It sounds like. Well, what's the um, what is the other pet movie that Kevin Hart was in? Because apparently that's his thing. Uh, oh yeah,
1: that's the uh, Secret Life of Pets. Of
0: Pets. Okay, I only. I think Emily must have been young enough that it was like she wanted to go see that, and I agreed to go, thinking like this is not going to be good. This is going to be a terrible movie. It was not a good movie, but I also laughed until I cried at three times during that movie. Because they just put in those parts where you're like, what? What were they thinking? Like, it doesn't fit at all in what's happening, but it's absolutely hilarious.
1: Yeah, with Super Pets, um, it, it basically follows the the Bolt formula, except instead yeah. of him living this, like, delusional life, Crypto loses his powers. And then, of course, at the end of the movie, he gets them back and he helps save the day because now they're the big super team of Super Pets. Uh, but it's just... Matt, you'll appreciate this. Um, Are you saying so this is about... I'm sorry. Before no. I that, I, this is this, about, oh, <laughs> <it's> about a
2: crypto crash.
0: It's about... If <Great> only.
1: <laughs> well done, Matt. Well done. You, you get a golf clap for that one.
2: I can't hear it. I heard it.
1: Uh, my new mic is too, too good, I guess. But yeah, Matt, you'll appreciate this. So Wonder Woman's pet at the end of the movie is she gets a pig, which oh. is... Yeah is probably a reference to a, a Justice League Unlimited episode where Wonder Woman is turned into a pig and Batman has to sing karaoke to save her.
0: What? Amazing.
1: So I, that's the only reason I can think of that they would give Wonder Woman a pet because I I believe in the past she has had like a kangaroo as a pet.
0: Yeah. Like very
1: yeah, Amazonian kangaroo. Yeah. I got it. I, they had to obviously make it a little bit more... Um, fit more into the aesthetic of the, the city that they're living in. Like, okay. Yeah. Maybe someone would have a pig as a pet. Uh, Cause the, all these pets, ace um, the squirrel, I'm, I'm forgetting their names. Cause it like, I don't think they ever really say them, uh, but like they're, they're all living in a, a pound essentially. And uh, they, they make a, a really great joke about how kittens are never there too long. And uh, there, there's a moment where the, the villain of the movie, which is a Guinea pig, uh, who has been altered by Lex Luthor gets superpowers, and it sets the the uh center on the the pound on fire. And there's a kitten in the corner, and it's like she, as the guinea pig's leaving, she's saying like, "I'm not gonna save you. Why the hell would I save you?" And then the the kitten's like, "Oh, are you gonna save me?" And she's like, "Of course, I'm not a monster." No. and Then she like telepathies out the the kitten with her, and the kitten comes back as a, a henchman, but it always it's got a little kid voice, so it's saying stuff like, "I'll see you in heck." <laughs> like there's there's little moments of a lot of fun and John Krasinski is Superman, uh Keanu Reeves is Batman, which I think those are some great castings, especially in the way that they're presenting them. And uh it, it's just it is a, a really fun movie, but again, I don't know that it's a movie I would say like, "Oh yeah, go out and see it."
0: Well, yeah, it's I'm, I'm not
1: But if nothing else, the, the performances are mostly fun. I didn't catch that one, Rebecca, sorry.
0: I said I'm not adding it to my list. That one doesn't pass.
1: No, I, I wouldn't. I w- Again, I wouldn't say like, go out of your way to see it. But if you've got nothing better to do with your night and you're like, I, I don't know what else to watch. Like, maybe give that one a try. Turn it off after the first like 15, 20 minutes if you're not into it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> do that. You know what? I almost did that with um when they redid Jumanji. I was like, I will. Those
1: ones this- are not terrible.
0: I the teenage actors are so unbelievably horrible the first whatever 20 minutes whatever amount of time
1: you only have to deal with them for 30 minutes of a 100 minute movie it's fine
0: that's what i i was like listen i can't watch this this is unwatchable it's so bad and so tacky and then the person i watched it with was like just wait like wait until we actually see like the you know the actors like that's like the whole point of the reason we've watched that movie and god damn those are both excellent movies i will i will re-watch those a lot they are i think they're both really good
1: is it joe jonas that shows up in those um j- like out of yes. nowhere
0: he is yeah he's a random one out of nowhere um he's the kid that like gets stuck in it um but it's just I, it's just good like everyone does a good job and then in the second one i didn't think it was gonna be as good but um i think the rock the rock portrayed to be dan Devito, is good it was good yes but when aquafina then becomes Danny DeVito. She does such an amazing, I was not expecting her to be as good as she was because like the kid with the curly hair, I can't even think of his name. He's like, yeah, he's, he's kind of squirrely and he's like, I don't want to be in trouble. I'm like this big nerd. So her playing him. Excellent. Well done. She does a great job. She like matches his like personality so good. And then, yeah, when they kind of do the switch up thing and she becomes Danny DeVito, she is so good. She does an amazing job. And then I also felt kind is of it, bad. Who's the girl? Karen Gillian. Karen, Karen Gillian.
1: So girl? they
0: basically didn't let her be anybody else um, because she obviously could not do it. That <laughs> I was like, yeah, <laughs> she does not have much range as far as like these other guys do.
1: Well, you also needed someone to be the anchor to help with the twist of the other characters not going where they thought they would go. Um, but like, I thought that... Uh, was it Kevin Hart got to emulate Danny Glover? Yes. I thought Kevin Hart did a really good job with he that. He did
0: such a good job. They did, they did a good job. Those were both very enjoyable. And then the horse, of course,
1: of course, Matt, let's give you one more, what you're doing. And then uh, if yours is not the same as mine, we'll do that and we'll call it a day.
2: Yeah. Mine. I think almost certainly is not the same. I'm I'll just real quick go because I, you know, I gotta be mean. And I'm going to talk real quickly about a recent comic that I picked up that I thought was uh, pretty good, despite um, me thinking it, being unsure if it would be. And that is the first issue of the new IDW Star Trek ongoing comic book series. Hmm. Like I said, it gotta be me.
0: It gotta be me. (laughs) We would not ask any less.
2: Thank you. I appreciate that. And I say that I wasn't sure if it would be just because I've read a fair amount of like IDW licensed comics in the past. Some Star Trek, some others. Most of the time, I don't think they're very good. <laughs> this book, the fir- only the first issue is out. I think the second issue might be out by the time this comes out. Um, I think it's imminent, but it's written by uh, Jackson Lanzig and Colin Kelly, uh, who I'm not very familiar with. And drawn by an artist named uh, Ramon Rosanas. I apologize for mispronouncing that. I'll gloss over it just because I don't want to spoil Star Trek Deep Space Nine, which is great and you should watch it. But it picks up several years after the end of that show and is addressing like probably the main dangling thread that show leaves. And it is about um, Captain Ben Sisko. Setting off on a mission to do some stuff with a ragtag team of characters from across various Star Trek shows, and at least the first issue is a very interesting setup that um, I'm very interested to see where it goes and is beautifully drawn. I've seen a lot of um, Ramon's artwork in like I want to say like Marvel and DC stuff in the past, and it is always really gorgeous. I I I won't belabor the point too much. uh, Just I know I've I've. Ranted a lot this episode in good ways, but what?
0: No, um, no, you never,
2: <laughs> if you're, if you're a Star Trek person, if you like Star Trek, especially if you like these space nine and you haven't heard of this, if you haven't read it and you're a comic minded person, I would recommend it. Um, by the time you hear this, there's probably at least a couple issues out.
1: All right. And then ending it are what you're doing. Uh, I'm going to go with the guardians of the galaxy holiday special. Yeah. We we've had a couple of years now of really great Christmas episodes. We had Ted Lasso's Christmas episode last year, and now this year we've got this holiday special. Which anyone who has listened to this podcast should know that I am not a big fan of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Which I know I'm in the wrong. It's just I can't get into it. I don't. I know why. Uh, it just doesn't appeal to me with the humor. I was so I was really skeptical about this holiday special. I was just like, uh, geez, going to be a bunch of overlong jokes and Kevin Bacon, I guess, after seeing the trailer and it is so good. I love this. The opening song with the old 97s. I don't know what Christmas is, but Christmas time is here is fantastic. And everyone gives in a a really good performance. Um, This was filmed concurrently with guardians of the galaxy volume three, which is why the, the production quality looks pretty good. But overall it was just, it was a really fun little Christmas holiday thing. And James Gunn did a great job with it. I really love the character development with Mantis where she's kind of still like that little mousy kind of character, but she's become more forthcoming in knowing what she wants. So like there's a moment where Drax is like trying to debate whether or not he wants to help save Christmas for Peter, or if he wants a little goody and he's like, I want the goodie," and Mantis just goes, no, you do not get to say that this is not the point of this adventure. And She's just so forceful with, what she's trying to do. Like she knows what she wants and she's going to go get it now. And it, instead of just being like this character, that's like, you think I'm ugly? Thank you.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's really cute. It's a, it's a brisk, like 45 minutes, I think. And I watched it, I think Friday night, I think that's when it came out. Uh, and it's very, very, very nice. Very cute. Um, Manta said a cab, <laughs> you know, anything that has, like I I think I said this on our discord, which you should join. Anything- hey, I've tried. I'm not talking specifically <laughs> to you, but yes, you should. Anything that has a Fountains of Wayne Needle Drop is good by me.
0: Oh, yes. What What Fountains of Wayne song?
2: Well, I guess I don't want to spoil it, but if you think about Christmas Special and Fountains of Wayne, there's really only one song it could be.
0: Oh, okay, all right. All right.
1: <laughs> and I'm if just, if you don't want to watch it, James Gunn has, uh, James Gunn has put out a, an image of the soundtrack. So if you want to know what songs are in it, you can do that yeah. as well. I believe there are a couple of playlists on Spotify as well. But, yeah, the, the entire soundtrack is is a banger, as they say. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> All
0: right, you saying that was really weird. I yeah, know. I know. That's but why I, I said it. it.
1: Found- That's they the joke, Rebecca.
2: Is really underrated. I just want to say they rule.
0: Found- I, right?
2: I once saw when I was in college, I saw them once in a dive bar in Chicago. And Sounds me and my girlfriend awesome. at the time, all my friends were like the youngest people there by at least like fifteen years. <laughs> but they rule; they're great.
0: I also just don't know how they it, on the I same know. album. They have Stacy's mom and Hey Julie, which is arguably one of the cutest fucking songs on the planet. And then you have yeah, and Hey Julie's mom.
2: not bad either. No, that's
0: what I'm Stacey's saying. Hey hey mom <laughs> fucking- Stacey's mom obviously fucking rules, but then like, hey, Julie is so cute. I'm like, what? How is this the same band? I do love them. Mm-hmm.
2: Sorry, Josh. I I I veered a soft path. Um, this is a very, it's very cute, and you should you should watch it. It's it's short.
1: Yes. It's yeah, funny, it, yeah that, it's that's it's all short. I really need I'm, to say because it's it's that. thirty minutes. You don't want to spoil it. Uh, but the the only thing I will say that if anything bothered me about this is I don't know if they got Karen Karen Gillan karen gillian i i think it's karen gillen i don't know if they actually got her in nebula looks weird to me like she's never on screen for too long and she just seems to act a little differently than what we've seen with endgame and the guardians movies and it it felt a little off to me like i don't know if they just she was off the days they were filming or what because most of her dialogue seems to be adr so it just felt different to me with uh, with Nebula
2: had to film her. Okay. I wasn't here. So let's just film a couple insert shots. So, you know, I'm around. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then there's like one shot of her dancing, which looks great. And I, I believe that is supposed to be Karen Gillan, but uh, it just, every, every other time she, she's not really in the movie or in the little special very often, but just everything feels like the, the wardrobe just looks a little off. Her proportions look a little off. It doesn't look like her. So it just, it was, well, that was like the only thing that really kind of took me out of it. Everything else was like, ah, Christmas. I love Christmas. I'm here for it.
0: Which I also, as a big Christmas fan, I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm here for that.
2: Well, Becky, now you have some stuff to watch for the rest of the day.
0: Yes. When I have my internet, <laughs> <laughs> I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get it figured out. Moving's hard. You guys.
1: All right. Well, I think with that, we will call it a wrap. Uh, we'll end on the holiday spirit lifter and, uh, Matt, we don't share your socials. Becky, uh, we actually had to cut your socials because the audio cut out like the last five minutes of our conversation from our uh, Hallmark movie challenge, which thank you everyone for listening to that. I wasn't entirely sure how people would react to it because it's kind of off-brand for us, but everyone seems to be really enjoying it, so I, I appreciate the love that we've been getting for that episode, and uh, Ricky is very embarrassed by its success, so <laughs> please keep listening to it. And uh, if if you like it enough maybe she'll come back and we'll make it an annual thing.
0: Yes, I would totally do that. Cuz it's so cute. So uh
1: Becky with with us not being able to share your your socials last week, would you like to share them this week?
0: Oh, um yeah, if you want to see a lot of dog, um I'm nope, that I as I was saying it, just cut all that. Steven, cut that. <laughs> cut that. Matt probably gets that reference. Steven, got it. I got uh, it. Uh let's start that over again. Oh, uh yeah. So I make and do fun embroidery hoops from the very sweet to the very nerdy at No Coast Threads on Instagram. So if you go there, you can check out some of the stuff I've been working on. I have a fabulous winter holiday idea coming up that will be my return gift for Josh and Ricky. So I'm excited about that.
2: I love my socials real quick. I just I'll reiterate. I just want to reiterate real quick the couple things I shouted out. A more civilized age podcast. Star Wars, Clone Wars, Andor, very good. Clever Dick Productions. If you're interested in some weird, nerdy, deep dive Doctor Who videos, thank you. That's all. Goodbye.
1: <laughs> you can you can follow me on Twitter at Josh underscore Scar. You can follow the podcast at Talking Smack Pod. Uh, the to- Talking Smack Pod is also now on Hive Social uh, because Twitter is a sinking ship. So probably. Got to find a new social outlet for us. Uh, We are on Facebook as well, which Alex maintains. Um, You can email us at tsmackpod at gmail.com. Thank you to Leo Allen for our musical themes. Thank you to Beppo and Retro Ale Studios for our avatars. Please like, subscribe, rate, review the podcast wherever you listen. And we don't have any new reviews to read as of this time. So I have one last
2: question for the listeners. Sure. When I was... Just losing my mind ranting in this episode. Just going off. Just minutes and minutes of me inter- inter- interrupted talking about things I love. Did you like that? Would you yes. like to see it in text form every single day? If so, no, <laughs> when our Discord.
0: I love that. Why this? do I not
1: have the Discord in here?
2: You can watch me rant in real time. Sometimes, mostly about things I love, sometimes about things I don't. Oh, it's always paragraphs and paragraphs, and you can get in on it. Come on in.
0: Come on in.
1: Matt gave me a, a really great TED talk about a guy with a magic shotgun in Spider-Man that helped Norman Osborn see the error of his ways and retire the Green Goblin moniker. Yeah, it's it was great. It's
2: it's the revived Sin Eater, the guy that killed, uh, eats all your sin <laughs> by shooting you with a magic shotgun
1: comics are awesome
0: <laughs> comics are fucking awesome you can get away with so much fucking shit in there i love it <laughs>
2: that's the kind of stuff you only get if you join
0: the, the discord. discord all right i'm gonna figure mine out today and figure out why it wasn't working
2: perfect i'll see you there
1: and, and you'll get to talk to becky too who'll just continuously share dog pictures and share her love of final fantasy X. too perfect Beautiful.
0: baby who said i who said i have a dog <laughs>
1: You did you every moment of every opportunity.
0: He's so cute. <laughs>
1: <laughs> With that, thank you everyone for listening. Take care. Happy holidays. We will see you next week.
0: Bye. Bye. Oh God! What a disaster! Terror. Watch
1: Andor. Watch, Watch, Andor.
0: Andor. <laughs> Watch Andor. I am well, okay. Because I I kind of saw it. I was like, I for me, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? They're making another. <laughs> Goddamn Star Wars about somebody who's dead. So it, like, doesn't even matter. <laughs> and then when I was, I was like, oh wait, but I love this that is a guy.
1: whole new bit.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, was, I love that guy. So I was like, all right, you know what? Like, can't you, I could get it. I I could kind of see what his backstory is, but I'm gonna be sad the whole time because he's dead.
2: Don't worry about that.
0: But how does he go from a thief to a guy who wants to give his life for the the better of the world? Yeah, if I know. That is a very compelling. I'm into it.
1: I'm gonna just like cut that whole bit out and put it at the end of Matt's rant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if I don't call it a rant. Call it a informed, one-sided soliloquy of Star Wars. This is.
1: I like this soliloquy. Is- soliloquy is a good word. You can't go like the episode.
2: <laughs> this is good post-credits content. Watch andor. Fair enough. <laughs>
0: Oh, <laughs> me and the dog.